Hi, this is Darcy Rowling, and welcome to the Women 17 podcast, conversations with global women changing the world one sustainable development goal at a time. In each fortnightly interview, we'll learn about these women's journeys, challenges, successes, which SDGs their work contributes to both globally and locally, as well as hear tips on how our listeners can participate in the advancement of the sustainable development goals. Hi, listeners, and thank you for joining us today. I am really happy to be speaking with Nishi Daria, a high school senior from California and the founder of the nonprofit Impact Incubators, whose mission is to enable access to affordable incubators and save the lives of premature babies across India. I'm really excited to speak with you today, and I'm so happy for you to, that you've agreed to join the podcast, Nishi. So welcome, and thanks so much for making the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, with great pleasure. I'm super excited. And I think it's really wonderful for our listeners. Um, you know, I try to um, include women from all different age groups um, because we have listeners that are closer to my age and some that are your age. So it's really wonderful to have a, um, a young uh, female um, uh, social entrepreneur joining us. So thank you so much. So um, before we, we kick off, I'd love if you'd share a little bit about yourself um, before we dive into um, impact incubators. Uh, so both my parents were born in India, so I am fully Indian. And they moved here after they got married to Idaho, and that's where I was born. And three years after that, I moved to California. And for third and fourth grade, I actually moved to Bangalore, and that's where um, I saw all the need for the incubators. Um, but I was obviously very young then, so I didn't understand much. But uh, I did move back to California after two years, and I've been here since. Great. And wait, sorry, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I, I wanted to ask you just a quick question about when you saw incubators or when you saw the need for that. Are your parents um, working in the medical field, or how did you come across this? So I didn't see the need for incubators exactly, but I just saw the poverty. Uh, but my parents, my dad's an engineer and my mom's a paralegal. Okay, great, great. I'm sorry, I cut you off. So I think you have some other interests also. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, um, next year in college, I plan to major in biochemistry and I hope to become a gynecologist after medical school. And I also love fashion designing and I plan to explore that industry in my spare time. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. Quite a diverse uh, uh, interest. That's wonderful. <laughs> I think that's great. And I think, you know, I, you just, when you mentioned fashion design, you, you're making me think of, um, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to listen to my podcast interview with Anna Zahidi Lamarche. Um, she's the founder of a circular fashion company that's based in Luxembourg. Um, and she has a very interesting career path. So uh, maybe have a listen to her because she has a background and then she's gone into fashion. So you, you never know, you might be a gynecologist that uh, has a fashion brand. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that would be great. Wonderful. Well, um, so I, um, I'd love to thank you for sharing that. And I'd love to now um, sort of look at um, and talk about uh, 
and impact incubators. Now, um, I know that you, um, uh, this sort of initiative and, and, and idea came to you when you were in eighth grade and you participated in a science fair. So I wonder if you could share with us um, how you came up with the project idea um, and why did you go down that path with, um, with the incubator? Uh, so, uh, in, I went to this uh, private middle school, and over there we had to do science fairs every year, um, and it was a six-month process, and I always hated it, uh, but uh, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor and go into, at that time I wanted to be a pediatrician, so I was looking at projects uh, based on that um, area of study, and I came across this thing called Embrace, so it's a nonprofit that a group of Stanford graduates had created in 2008, and they created a low-cost incubator um, and like a heat warmer for babies. And so I got inspired by that concept. They actually have two incubators, one which works with electricity and one which works without it. And the one that works without the electricity really caught my attention because I knew that electricity is not available in some areas around the world. So um, I was very inspired by that and I wanted to make my own design. So I uh, gathered sugars, um, oils and waxes, different types of those material. And I tested how long they would keep a constant temperature for a long period of time. And then I designed the whole bassinet sleeping bag thing after I tested out the materials. And can you elaborate uh, a bit about why you chose those particular, um, you know, sh sh the, the particular um, items that you said? So you said sugar and what else did you say? Waxes and oils. So okay. those are materials that could be easily warmed up by boiling water or like hot water. Um, and in places where electricity is not available, you could still warm water with fires and stuff. So um, what I did was I the incubator, it puts them in anti-static bags, which are completely sealed. So the oils, waxes, or sugars won't um, harm the baby. And so after my experiment, um, paraffin wax was able to keep a constant temperature of 34 to 35 degrees Celsius for four, at least four hours. So that was the ideal material for my incubator. So that's what I use in the incubators. Hmm. Very interesting. And um, and so did you work on this project alone? Did you work with a team or was this something you did solo? Um, I had to do it alone because it was a school project. Yeah. Wow. That's quite impressive. And to, and then also you're pulling in your, your chemistry, your biochemistry uh, <laughs> thread there. Even at eighth grade, you had an interest in this. Wow. Oh, I never thought about that. Really? Well, I mean, I would say that's amazing. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I think when I was in eighth grade, I think I was thinking more about your fashion, um, your fashion interests than I was anything else. I wasn't doing so well in chemistry myself then. So, <laughs> um, so interesting. So then, um, so then you submitted, was this a prototype that you submitted for the, the fair, the science fair? Yeah. So I did the all the research papers and everything. And that's all available on my website if you want to go see it. Mm -hmm. um, and I did do a presentation at the science fair with the prototype and I did not win. Um, and I was very upset about it, but yeah. 
Oh, well, that's all right. You're doing good anyway. And, um, and so I think, yeah, everybody wins when, when, uh, and you've stuck to it and continuing on with it, which I think is really, really important. Um, so, um, so I'm just curious as to, you know, when, you know, when you were doing your research and, you know, trying these things, I mean, were, you know, were you doing this in a laboratory at school? Were you doing this at home? You know, how, do, how was your setup for doing this? So I was doing this at home. All the experiments were at home. Yeah. And it's not um, all the materials that I was using was very safe. And it's just uh, hot water. So I just had to be careful taking out the uh, bags from the water. But other than that, it's very easy to use even for people in India. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't explode anything in the kitchen or anything like that, <laughs> which would have been the case with me, even with boiling water. <laughs> uh, um, so then, so that was, uh, I think that was five years ago. So you were in eighth grade now. So yeah. So you're a senior now as you, as I shared in your introduction. So, um, so how can you share with us how the project evolved? This was five years ago. Um, so how is this um, evolved from your first prototype um, uh, back then? And how, how, where are you now? So after I lost the science here, I didn't really think about making it into nonprofit because I was 13 years old. So I didn't think that I could actually help people and make an impact. Um, but a year later, my cousin in India was born premature, and she was um, fortunate enough to have all the access to all these um, devices and technology, um, and and like just simple healthcare. And so that made me realize that a lot of, there's a lot of people that don't have it. Um, and I saw that in Bangalore that people couldn't even afford to eat like let alone sophisticated medical care. Um, so that's how the idea of making into a nonprofit and actually donating these incubators to hospitals in India came about. And I spent a year t talking to manufacturers, making my website, videos and fundraising and everything. And then I started it in summer of 2020. Great. Wait, and and that's very interesting that um, that you sort of put on the back burner, so to speak, and then um, and then a family, you know, your cousin was born, and then something sort of triggered this, and went, you, you know, oh yeah, I, I know all about this and the, that need, and sort of triggered that. Um, I wonder if you, could you go back to uh, the design? So, how? does the current design that you have, we're in 2021, soon to be 2022, um, how does that design differ from, um, the first design differ from where you are now? Um, from, oh, okay. So what I did was after I made the prototype, I sent it to, sent it to Bangalore, India to get it tested by engineers for safety and reliability. And, um, the only thing that I changed was the material that I kept the heat source in because I, it's a very big problem of it coming in direct contact with the baby and hurting the back or the stomach of it. Um, so we kept a thicker, more like, I don't know exactly what the material is called, but it's like a thick leather kind of material mm -hmm. and, and it's completely sealed. So there's no way that the, uh, heat, the paraffin wax could touch the baby at all. Mm -hmm. So it's very safe in that way. And I also added a mosquito net um, 
to add around the bass net because mosquitoes are a huge problem in rural areas and like diseases are easily transmitted through mosquito bites. So I added that. Hmm. Yeah. No, oh, that's very clever. That's very clever. So it sits on top of it or sits covers over it. Yes. No, interesting. And what is the, what is the, um, and do you call it a bag or a box? What is, what do you call it? And, and how, um, uh, what is it made of the exterior and and the other bits of it? So first is the sleeping bag. And I sew two pouches inside the sleeping bag, one on that would lie on the back of the baby and one on the stomach of the baby. Mm -hmm. And then inside those pouches, I would put the anti-static heat bags which contain the paraffin wax Mm -hmm. and then the baby would be kept inside the sleeping bag so the um, baby would be heated on top and bottom Mm -hmm. and then the whole sleeping bag is placed inside a whole uh, inside a bassinet Um, so it's like a big box with an opening on top kind of Um, and then on the opening is the mosquito net okay so so the so the baby first is put into the 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 sleeping bag and yes. then into the bassinet that is um, heat uh, can withstand the the heat and and as such. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a set. So does it um, does how does it um, come? Is it is it flat packed? Is everything sort of folded and packed, and then they expand it? How, can you explain a little bit about the design? So the entire bassinet can be folded up, and it. Can, uh, and put into a bag. So it comes with an impact incubators. Um, like it's, it's just a bag. I, I forget mm-hmm. what type of bag it's called. I forget what it's called, but you know, the drawstrings bag. Um, so it could be fit completely inside of it. So it's very compact and it comes in a backpack. So it's easily transportable. Great. And how um, could you share about how would so if there was a, maybe explain the process and how um, you've gotten uh, the incubators maybe into maybe rural hospitals or how could you explain that and how it gets to a mother and then does she bring it back to the hospital? Could you sort of explain that whole process on how how it finds its way its way to the baby and to the family and and back uh, back to the hospital so first i had to look for manufacturing contacts in india because um it's if i got it manufactured there then it would be easier to get it distributed to hospitals so um since i lived in bangalore i did have uh family and friends who did have contacts so i called and sent them the prototype and they got i manufactured the first 25 sets and then um i had I went and I got in contact with a person named Manjunath and he is like my partner for this whole nonprofit and he helps with the distribution. Yeah, sorry. Um, he helps with the distribution of the incubators to directly to the hospitals. And so we keep track of which incubator goes to what hospital. And I would have gone personally to do it, but because of COVID, I was not able to. But this year, um, in August, I was able to go to Bangalore, India, and visit the doctors and hospitals myself. And I donated another 25 sets there. And it was a great experience to actually meet the doctors in person and uh, show and demonstrate the incubator firsthand. And um, it was very, it felt really good. 
Yeah, to be on the ground. And when you were at the hospital and you were sharing the incubators with the doctors, did you get to meet any of the mothers that benefited from the incubators or babies and babies, <laughs> obviously? So the doctors do not let me meet the mother mothers, which I understand um, because of COVID. And they also have, it was also a vaccination center and they had a vaccination day that day. So there was no patients. Mm -hmm. um, but meeting the doctors and listening to their feedback and uh, was it was way better than like doing it over Zoom or something. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, of course. And to be actually in in a hospital and to sort of see, you know, how the the workings of it and as such. And then so then um, then the hospital just loans it out to the to the mom and then that that comes back to the hospital. Is that basically how how it works? Yeah. So all the incubators are reusable as long as they're sterilized before um, you switch, give it to a different baby. So the mother, uh, the a hospital could use the incubator for one to two weeks for the infant, but if the infant needs it for a longer period of time, then the incubator is sent home to the mothers for like at least two months, and then the mother brings the incubator back home, back home, sorry, back to the hospital, right. and then they're sterilized and reused again. Right. And so how would, um, so for the heating of it, could you explain to us how um, the wax part of it is heated for someone at home? How would, how would a mother uh, manage that process at home? So I have an instruction manual in all the incubators and I also have a lot of videos on the website, but um, it's just, basically it's just, you take the two pouches and you put it in boiling water for five to seven minutes and then you wipe it off and you put it in the incubator and then you just redo that every four hours. Four hours. So it stays hot for four hours after being boiled. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. 34 to 35 degrees Celsius is our body temperature, which isn't really that hot. Um, so it can maintain that temperature for four hours. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't, I, I wouldn't have thought that it's that long, you know, you know, I think of, I mean, it's kind of silly, but I think of like a candle, like when you blow out a candle and you get some wax on your hand, it like cools immediately, right? So it, it hurts for one second and then it's cooled immediately. So, wow, that's a long time. That's quite a long time. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And, um, and so I'm wondering, um, uh, if, um, uh, if the, the mothers, um, you know, this is quite a new way, I guess, you know, to go home with, with tools. I mean, are they, um, do you have any feedback on how it's received by the mothers and it's easy for them to, to, to manage at home, um, when they're not in the care of a doctor? Um, so from all the feedback I've received, it is very easy to use. And there hasn't been any problem uh, figuring out um, like how to use it or if it's not heating up or anything. So I think it's pretty straightforward. So it's good. No, that's great. That's great. And do you, do you have any idea, um, any statistics on how many, um, if we just talk about Bangalore or maybe, I don't know, if globally or just India, how many children are born prematurely um, on an annual basis? Yeah, yeah, so there are 3.5 million premature babies born in India alone, and there are a million premature babies that die every year around the world because of complications like hypothermia. And um, in India, there are 300,000 infants that die every 
um, premature babies that die every year because of complications. Three, 300,000. So if they had the, the access to an incubator, then they potentially could save their lives. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's pretty extraordinary. And it sounds like what you've created um, is, a, I, I don't want to say uh, it's simple, but it seems like it's pretty straightforward. It's yeah. easy to use. It travels well. Um, you've looked at all, you know, it, it, it's um, safe for the child. It can be sanitized, portable. Um, it seems like a no brainer that, that this should be something that all hospitals should have. Yes. Um, I don't think hospitals with high technology need it. Uh, but yes, hosp- rural hospitals, definitely all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would even think in some places, you know, in the US, I mean, I haven't lived in the US in a very, very long time, well over 20 years. But, you know, I know there's a lot of rural places that, you know, you have to go quite far to get to a hospital. And, um, you know, even in the US, I think you could have some accessibility to, to something like this. I haven't really thought about that, but I'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work with you on your business plan. I'm going to help you. We're going to go global. So, so, um, so you've, you've given, um, uh, correct me, you said 20 um, were given and then you gave another 20, 20 more. Is that right? So in total, a hundred have been donated and okay. I have 70, I have 25 more that are manufactured, but haven't been donated yet. Um, and I was just saying that I personally donated 25 and then I initially just manufactured 25. Okay. Understood. Understood. And, um, and so with regards to, um, the, you know, from, you know, donating or, you know, in the manufacturing, I mean, what are your, um, I wouldn't say obstacles, but I guess, you know, you know, I mean, is it, is it, is it, is it funding? Is it, you know, the quantity, um, um, you know, it can only be produced at small scale. I'm just curious as to how you could scale this to get into the hands of those 300,000 babies or the mothers or the hospitals um, that have those premature babies in India. How, how would, what are your plans for that? Or what do you need in order to make that possible? So actually the easiest parts are, getting them manufactured, uh, but it's really hard to actually get in contact with the hospitals because I do call and send emails, but they're like, oh, she's 17. She's a high schooler, so they don't really trust it, which I understand. Um, So it's hard to find hospitals to donate to. And also funding is harder, but um, with all the um, attention that Impact Incubator has been getting, it's that's become easier. So it's really nice. Yeah. And I would think that particularly in India, I mean, India is a very, you know, all of my colleagues and all of the clients that I've worked with in, in India, as I shared with you earlier, before we started the podcast, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Bangalore in my previous role and, um, and in India, I mean, I know that it's a very philanthropic um, country and people do give to charities and are very, um, you know, socially minded. So um, I'm sure that, you know, even some corporate 
corporates would be interested in giving some funding for this, particularly anyone that's in the medical medical environment that's creating medical tools or, you know, we can talk offline and brainstorm with you. <laughs> some, some companies you can hit up for some cash. <laughs> Uh, and so, um, and do, so you you mentioned that you have a partner that's on the ground in India. So is um, is he doing? Is he also reaching out to hospitals um, directly himself, or is that just um, via you? Um, it's both of us. Um, if he has to go personally meet them, then he does. And if I have to just mm-hmm. email or call, then I do that. Mm-hmm. And are you looking at all pa- all parts of India right now, or are you still sticking in the Bangalore area? So currently we are doing Bangalore and some other parts of South India, and then we're looking at Hyderabad and Gujarat, because um, mm-hmm. I'm Gujarati, so it's easy to get contact from Gujarat, and, um, and also got contact uh, outside of India in Bangladesh. So yeah, and we're going to expand there next. Mm-hmm. Great. And would that be for manufacturing also, or would that be just for distribution into Bangladesh? Just for distribution. We're just going to keep manufacturing in India. India. Okay. That's great. That's great. Oh, fantastic. So, so, um, so I'd like to just remind our listeners or to share with our listeners, if you're, you know, the, I always like to try to highlight, um, what, uh, my podcast interviewees focuses with regards to the sustainable development goals. So for impact incubators, um, uh, that is sustainable development goal number three, which is good health and well-being, as well as uh, sustainable development goal number 17, which is partnerships for the goals. So that would, you know, from funding to distribution and as such. So, um, so this is, um, I find this, you know, it's, 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 it's funny because what you're, what you've shared to me is, um, it, it is really, it's innovative, but yet it's very simple. Yeah. And, and it just took someone clever like you to take these two things and put them together and come up with, you know, come up with this idea. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, and I, you know, I, I think the applicability of the impact incubators is really global. I mean, this is something that could be distributed anywhere in, in the world um, and, and solve these problems anywhere in the world with regards to premature you know, babies that need incubators that are preemies. So yeah, amazing, really amazing. Kudos to you for having that. Like I said, all I could think about was fashion. And actually, I dare say boys when I was uh, your age. So (laughs) and a bit of university, what am I going to do with my life? So I'm still trying to figure that out. So um, so I wonder if you could tell us um, about what's next. And and I mean, you're 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 going to be applying to universities uh, now and you're going to be going off to university. So I'd just like to know, like, what's your vision? Um, Do you have have a, a sort of a short-term, medium-term, long-term strategy um, for how you want to proceed with uh, impact incubators? So um, my goal right now is to take it to other parts of India and outside of India. So with all the media and stuff, I've been getting a lot of contacts with doctors themselves and other people that work in tech companies in the Bay Area, because I'm from the Bay Area. And um, so 
I've get I've been getting a lot of contacts outside of India as well. So I think I'm going to start distributing the incubators there because um, I'll know people who have got who can do the groundwork over there, um, like Nepal, Bangladesh, Africa, and so that will be my next goal. And I am going to continue this when I go to university. Obviously, um, I'll continue it as long as I can. There's no really time where I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna stop. Right. So it's looking at expansion and, and growing it and getting it out into other countries and as such. And as you just mentioned, you've been in touch with doctors that are in the U.S. So as I said, I mean, there's probably certainly a need, um, you know, for this in the in the U.S. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, I mean, I live in France where we have social medicine. And so, you know, you know, you, you, you pay very high taxes, but you have coverage and our expenses and hospital and medications are very low. But in a country such as the United States, where it's, you know, for the most part privatized, it's expensive. So this could also be an option for people to take their children home or babies home earlier and keep them at home with themselves um, and reduce costs. Would you not agree? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very clever. Yeah. Very good. So um, we're, um, uh, approaching the holiday season. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, as you've highlighted, I mean, the needs, um, in for, for, uh, babies that need to be incubated globally is very, very high. Um, so I'm wondering, um, is there anything that our listeners can do to help you at this time of year, you know, giving, you know, do, you taking donations, like what, what would you need, um, from, from our listeners? Um, just support and uh, uh, donations. There's three ways that they could help. Uh, so because of my love for fashion, I do. I have designed a clothing line on Etsy, and all the proceeds go towards impact incubators. Um, and I also have a GoFundMe, and you can, or you could just directly donate from my website. Oh, fantastic. Well, I did not know about that Etsy shop. <laughs> I'm a big Etsy fan. So, oh, great. So um, I will, um, if you can share with me, I'll get your Etsy link, um, the GoFundMe link, as well as um, sharing um, on our website, um, certainly your link um, to your website where people can go ahead and, and, and make those donations um, and as such. So yeah, that's great. And we can also follow you on social media, I assume. Yes, it's all Impact Incubators on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, fantastic. And I'll have all of those links available. So so we're almost at the end of our time together. So um, I always ask everyone, every woman that I interview on um, this last question, um, I'd love to know what advice you would give other, um, I'd say young women, but really any, you know, all women who have an idea um, and, uh, perhaps it was even something that was back from their younger years when they did a science project and develop it. What kind of advice would you give to, to, to any of our listeners, please? So I would say two things. Uh, first of all, just to go for it. Like, even if you think that, um, you won't be able to make a difference or it won't matter, it will. Um, and you should just do it. Like when I was in eighth grade as a 13 year old, I didn't think that this could be anything but it has and I would 13 year old me would be very proud of myself um and second is to there'll be a lot of people out there that will underestimate you and won't listen to you but ignore it and go on to the next thing because there's always other opportunities um like being a woman in STEM in the Bay Area with mostly male dominated 
um, tech companies. Um, it's hard to have like your voice heard, but there are people out there who will always listen. So you should focus on that. Great. Very good advice. I think for a young woman, any woman, I think it's really great advice. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, you've, you, you had a prototype, you've tested it. And in fact, it is out in uh, the field, so to speak right now, you've got, how many did you say you've got 50? A hundred. Hundred, sorry, I beg your pardon. Uh, I should say it's late at night for me, and it's early in the morning for you. So I can't, I can't add math on the on the best of days, yet alone uh, um, later in the evening. But um, but you've 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 tested this concept. I mean, if you think about, I mean, do you do you have a um, do you know how many babies that um, that your hundred incubators have have supported? I don't know because the hospitals don't give me that in. I haven't received any of that information, so I can't tell you exactly how many. Well, that's something you should start to collect yeah. because that's a story that tells itself, right? Yeah. I mean, if you just 100, it's just 100. I mean, I'm sure that they've been used multiple times, um, but that in itself, just 100 babies that you've you've helped and, um, you know, probably given their parents such a peace of mind and having the baby at home with them and having that capability, that in itself is such an achievement and such, I mean, wow, it's just so wonderful. You should feel so proud of yourself and and um, yeah, really wonderful, really wonderful and contributing to society in, in India, your family's home country, and so hopefully soon to be in other countries also. So kudos to you. Really well done. Thank you. Yeah, really amazing, extraordinary. So um, as I said uh, just a few minutes ago, we'll have your, I didn't know, but we'll have your Etsy shop up. In fact, you're gonna, I'm going to have to go take a look as soon as we hang up, the GoFundMe page, your website, um, and your social links also. Um, and I should say that there are, um, you've got some really great videos on your, um, on your um, website too. So um, um, listeners can go and take a look at, at, at um, your website there and look at the video um, videos and see how um, the incubator work. So, um, so thank you so much for taking the time to, 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 to speak with me and uh, highlight uh, in, in, um, impact incubators and share with the audience and listeners um, all about uh, your journey. So thank you so much, Nishi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, with great pleasure. Thanks for agreeing to join. Um, and as always, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. We welcome your feedback from today's podcast and wish you a happy, safe, and productive day.